Hey guys, episode three of season two of the Profit and Loss podcast from Pathstone Enterprise Center coming up in just a second. But first, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you guys for listening every week. Jahida and I really appreciate it. We we love doing this. Uh, this has been uh, an exciting 13 episodes we've gotten to do. Uh, this episode included with Dan Abatoy, serial entrepreneur from right here in Western New York. Dan's going to share his experience and his journey as an entrepreneur. And I want to remind you guys that we have a lot of opportunities for other entrepreneurs like you and small business owners to come together and network and learn and really share your own experiences. And those are things like our Beyond Profit series, which is currently going on. She Means Business, which is for female entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own business or are currently in business and looking to get an education on things they can do better, how to be a better entrepreneur, how to be a better business owner. And our Friday forums, and you'll hear a little bit more about the Friday forum we have coming up this Friday, but keep in mind that our Friday forums are every other Friday at 11 a.m. on Zoom. You can find all that information on our websites and our social media pages. Uh, and here is the interview with serial entrepreneur Dan Abitoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2 of the Profit and Loss Podcast. This is Episode 3. Is that right, Jahida? We're on Episode 3 this week? Yes, it is. Episode three. Wonderful. Well, I am Adam Tidrow. I am one of your co-hosts uh, for the next, uh, what, half hour or 45 minutes or so. And as always, my partner in crime, my co-host, uh, Jahida Zapata. Would you like to say hello to the people? Hello, people. I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's back? back You're right. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys so much for coming back. We had a wonderful guest last week, uh, Mr. McCarley, a great show. Thanks for listening to that. A ton of wisdom was dispensed on, on that show. And actually, there's, there's more that you guys didn't get to hear, but we'll actually have Mr. McCarley back to cover some of that stuff. Uh, we, did, we could have had Mr. McCarley on for two hours, um, but uh, we know that uh, your attention spans and our attention spans either are not that long. So uh, we'll have Mr. McCarley back on here real soon and go for uh, hour number two. But today we have a, a great guest, and we'll get to Dan in just a minute. But first, I want to plug uh, some of what's going on at Pathstone. We have uh, Beyond Profit is going on right now. So we are in the third week of Beyond Profit coming up on Class 6. So if you guys are part of that, make sure you join us Thursday, which will be tomorrow, uh, Thursday the 18th. And that is going to be Duncan Kirkwood and Olivia Ruiz talking about resilience and healing yourself. And we kind of step away from the the quote unquote technical business stuff. And we just kind of talk more about uh, being a human being and dealing with stuff uh, so that you can, you can be better prepared to run your business and more engaged in your life. So we talk about that. So beyond profit Tuesdays and Thursdays, five 30 to seven. And we also have she means business coming up, which starts March 30th. And we have the link to that available on our Facebook page. If you're listening to this, you get emails from us. So check out those emails uh, Facebook, our websites, theenterprisecenterinc.org and bizupbuffalo.org. Uh, you can find the registration links there and then we'll follow up with you to get all the supporting documentation and, and get you uh, registered for that class and ready for March 30th. Also, final plug for the day, the Friday Forum every other week. And this is a, for this is a forum week. So Friday the 19th, we are having uh, Marie Rochelle come in at 11 a.m. free to you guys. We're going to be talking about charging what you're worth, knowing your value. As an entrepreneur, as a freelancer, sometimes we get into this 
mindset that we need to be the cheapest or we need to lower our price so that people say yes. And in some instances, that's correct. But Marie's going to come in and show you how to gauge what you're worth and how to start charging that and have the confidence to do so. And uh, I could think of nobody better to uh, join us this week than an entrepreneur and freelancer himself, serial entrepreneur, Dan Abatoy. He is also a med school dropout, and he is currently the co-founder of Venture Herd. Dan, how you doing? Adam, doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely, Dan. So thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you're a, uh, you've been a great addition to the, the Pathstone world, our, our universe here, the Pathstone family. And uh, I, I guess we can start with, tell us a little about your your journey into entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, what led you to that? And then what's Venture Herd? Tell us about that as well. Um, so in my, in my mind, I think uh, a serial entrepreneur has a little more, uh, some form of adult ADD or, or you know, really, really <laughs> struggles to stay focused. Um, and to be honest, I, I think, um, I think I, struggle with that you know because every time I hear an idea I'm like oh you know what there's something there you're like let's try and get that going um, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that a small business owner uh, isn't growing either right but they're sitting there saying okay I have this business and I want to grow this business uh, to you know within this maybe this industry right um, mm-hmm. and so that's where I really see the difference right a serial entrepreneur might have something in uh, you know uh, retail, they might have something in in the tech space, and then they might be also uh, doing something that's in somehow in like the airline industry. Um, and so, to me, I don't think there's outside of that. You know, just kind of how much you lack control or focus on your thought process, like I do. Um, I think it's it's pretty much the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. right. Because you have the same similar challenges, right? So it's, do you have the funds to make it happen? If not, you know, how do I get them? Uh, what problem am I solving? Right. Why am I going to have customers? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I really think that, uh, outside of those two things, um, they're, they're basically the same. And what, I'm sorry, gotcha. what was the, uh, the second question? The second one. <laughs> so for someone thinking about um, becoming an entrepreneur, whether it's, you know, a single, a single venture or multiple, um, what are some tips that, you know, you would kind of have them um, start thinking about or put into action um, so that they can kind of start their journey? Yeah. So uh, the first one is making sure you're actually solving a problem, right? I mean, there's nothing worse than saying, oh, I have this great idea and you put some, some of your money into it um, and you spend all this and unfortunately time that comes with it, right? Because you can't buy that back. Uh, and then you mm-hmm. find out that you're not actually solving a problem for anybody. And that means you're not going to have any customers, which then means, right. uh, you know, that was uh, unfortunately a little bit of waste of time. So for me, it's always uh, make sure you're actually solving a problem, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and for me, I like to think about that, you know, selfishly, right? I, I go through my day and I say, all right, what did just like I experienced that aggravated me? Uh, what's something mm-hmm. that, you know, um, based on that aggravation that I think other people are also having that problem with? Uh, and what could, mm-hmm. you know, what's that solution that I see, right? Like what's that 
why are we doing it this way? Why don't we do it uh, another way concept or approach to it? So I would say that's most definitely the first place to start. Because uh, if you're not solving a problem, forget about everything else. If you've, real, right. if you've realized you are solving that problem or solving a problem for somebody um, other than yourself, uh, you really want to make sure and now start to understand uh, that industry, right? Is there somebody else who is kind of solving it and, and you're not solving that problem that much better? I mean, if that's the case, it might not be worth it. But if there's no, if that industry doesn't really have somebody in there that's solving that problem, I think now all of a sudden you can start saying, okay, well, you know, really start to, you know, even do like a, a lean business canvas and, and just start writing things down and, and filling out the, the, the canvas itself, right? Like, so what problem are you solving? How do you think you could monetize this? Um, you know, and, and start going down that path. Um, and once you end up having what you think is a good solution, um, whether it's, you know, a brick and mortar store or, or a, a tech, uh, you know, platform, right? So like whether it's an app or a website, that's when you can really start saying, okay, let me start talking to people about this. Um, and it, it's weird because it seems counterintuitive. And uh, one of the things that I was really struggled with this concept as well uh, when I first was introduced to the startup world was, uh, you know, take that confidentiality agreement and throw it out the window because nobody uses it anymore. And what you really want to do is start talking to people around you and they're going to give you that feedback, right? So it might be a great idea in your head, but you start telling people around you and they all send that, you know, they look at you and they're like, it doesn't solve the problem. I would never use this. Uh, <laughs> and so you can start then, you know, understanding and digesting what they're saying, and saying, okay, maybe my idea is the concept is great, but how I'm going about it is wrong, right? So, um, you know, once you start actually talking to people and telling people around you, uh, and it could be a complete stranger, uh, that idea, um, I mean, that's that next step, right, to take to say, okay, what do I actually have here? Um, nice. But once you have that, right, and you're, and you're getting what I would consider – 40% uh, positive feedback, right? So not everybody loves the idea, but 40% of the people say, yeah, you know what? Actually, I would buy something like this. That's when you can really start taking the, the next step towards an, M an MVP. So that's your most minimal viable product. Um, and again, this is a really like weird concept, uh, but you should be embarrassed about it when you, right? When you, when it goes out to market, um, it should be very minimal. It should, you know, have the bare minimum, uh, you know, bells and whistles it needs to, to actually solve the problem and get it out there as quickly as possible. So if it's a, a tech product, uh, you know, you, you want to have that built out in four weeks, uh, you know, four to six weeks as quickly as possible, minimum, minimum bells and whistles, right? So maybe, at, you know, at the end of the day, you want to have profile for people to log in. Maybe the MVP does not have that. Um, and so basically then you start getting that, that product out into people's hands and hopefully customer customers hands, uh, and they can start using the product and you want to make sure you're doing this really cost effectively, right? So don't spend $20,000 on, uh, an app development agency who's going to build your first product, go find, you know, a local developer who maybe can do it for, you know, 1500. Um, and, and then you can start growing 
uh, once you get there. Because once you have a product out there, you can demonstrate traction. And that's all anybody from an investor uh, standpoint cares about. You can have the greatest idea, but if you don't have any traction and you're not going to you know, provide any type of revenue and a way for them to get their money back, nobody cares. Um, so for me, that's, you know, that's how I would approach that. Awesome. Thank you. You've touched um, on a lot. I don't want to interrupt, but I do have a question, Jahida. Okay, yeah. um, so Dan, you've touched on a lot. And I, you know, Jahida and I, we're both entrepreneurs as well. Um, what, when you're starting a new venture, what is the most um, nerve wracking or, or what, what part of the startup process makes you the most tense or insecure? Or if you're like, what part of the startup process, if you think I could, if I could farm this out every time I would do it, <laughs> what, what is that for you? Uh, the whole process. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but in reality, I think, I think there's uh, different aspects uh, of it that, you know, touch on, on all of, on, you know, all of those, whether it's those insecurities you have or those, you know, kind of fears that you might have. Um, for me, it's really uh, the the biggest initial hurdle that I have to get over. Uh, and I still have to do to you know today, uh, is when you're sharing that idea, you're sharing a part of yourself with somebody that you may not even know, and maybe it's even like friends, right, and, and family members. And that initial uh, you know kind of feedback that is like, why do you have five heads while you're talking to me right now? Feeling uh, it, you have to learn to get over that. Right. You have to learn that, you know, there might not be something wrong with the idea totally. Uh, you just might not be presenting it correctly. Right. You might not have it fully, you know, put together to where people will understand it. Uh, and so for me, it's it's that initial. Right. I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell someone this idea for the first time and I'm going to get that first piece of feedback. And it might just be, you know, someone saying this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What's wrong with you? Uh, and so it's, it's being able to really take that in and just say, okay, you know, what's wrong with it? Let me try and see if it was just that person or if it's me, let's, let me tell this to another person. Uh, and if, if all of a sudden you start getting, and that's kind of where I get to that 40% range, right? Where let's say you tell, uh, you know, uh, 10 people and four people that you tell say, Hey, this actually sounds like a good idea. Um, that's where you might have something if, you know, 10, 10 out of 10 people sit there and they say, I don't even, this is the worst idea I've ever heard of. Uh, you might have a problem, right? Um, but again, there's, there's always that initial, um, I just shared a part of myself with somebody and, and, mm -hmm. and that's really nerve wracking. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the other thing too is uh, for me personally, um, when I'm choosing to uh, start a startup, right. Or, or business, um, there's a level of responsibility that comes with that and a level of uh, kind of expectation uh, and damage that could come with your reputation if, if you're not following through on what you do. So um, anytime you outsource something, right? So uh, you outsource, let's say, uh, a tech app to a developer um, and you go through the process of, you know, this is what I'm looking to build. You provide, you give them money, they start building it. And then all of a sudden you end up with a product that is not what you thought, right? Um, at the end of the day, your reputation can be affected by that. Um, 
Right. And so for me, it, you know, those are some areas where you can always find money if you need it, if you actually have a good idea. But once something like your reputation is damaged, um, it's, that's really something that's hard to, to get back. And so those are really those areas that um, I think keep me up at the end of the night or day. Which which is (laughs) super valuable. Um, I think most people are are very familiar with like, it's like trust, right? Once it's broken, you can't go back to square one. Like the the cracks are always going to be there. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So in doing so, so, you know, I I know this is something that we kind of mention um, in Pathstone and all of our, you know, cohorts and workshops and and kind of just everything we do. Um, There's the whole kind of collaboration aspect. And so in this case, um, you know, if you have to outsource something, uh, what's a good way to vet uh, an organization or a person, you know, whoever it is that you're outsourcing some type of aspect of your business too. Yeah. So, um, I think that that is a really, um, uh, great fundamental question. Um, I mean, cause there's a lot of organizations out there or even companies that, you know, say they provide you something, right? Like Fiverr, for example, um, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to give somebody money and they're going to create a product for you. Um, but sometimes you're actually never meeting that person face to face. Um, and so for, right. so for me, I like to do two things. One, um, anytime you go to, let's say they have a, a website, uh, if they have a, a portfolio of the work they've done already, uh, that's a must uh, check out for me, right? So I have to go and I have to look at it. Mm-hmm. I have to see what they've done, who they've done it for, um, you know, and, and that really gives me an understanding as to uh, what I can expect uh, and, and kind of, you know, who they are uh, because they're willing to just show, you know, yeah, these are the people I've helped already. And this is what it looks like. Uh, so that's one, uh, two, it's also, you know, asking your network. Uh, I think a lot of people would be surprised as to how many people they know that also know somebody else or, or who know somebody who knows somebody. Um, and that's a really good way to take the trust that you have already built up with somebody and now say, okay, well, I trust them. Uh, and you can have that, you know, really I guess, intimate conversation where they say, you know, Hey, you know, you told me your buddy is a developer. Yeah. Are they any good at it? Right. Or are they kind of flaky? Um, yeah. and, and hopefully, you know, again, based on that level of trust you have with that individual, you'll get some knowledge that, you know, really speaks truth to that out, you know, that person or company you're going to outsource to. Awesome. Very good information, folks. I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, um, one thing, Jahida and I are both readers, and I think a lot of the people who listen to this are readers, whether that's, you know, an article they find or a book. Are there any books that you've read as, as you've, uh, you know, been in the startup world or in the entrepreneurship world, any books that kind of make you go, oh my gosh, everybody, whether you're starting a a bakery or a web design firm, or you're being a freelancer, or you're starting, you know, the next competitor with Facebook, are there any books that you think every entrepreneur should read? Uh, yes. <laughs> and so as I uh, said earlier, with my adult ADD, I'm typically reading about <laughs> five to 
10 books at the same time. Uh, I, I don't recommend that, but um, yeah, there's, there's definitely uh, some, actually some recent ones I'm reading right now and I'll give the kind of, uh, you know, pared down version. I only mentioned a couple of them. Uh, so, so one that I found absolutely uh, surprisingly good uh, is Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. Um, and so actually, yeah, I, I was with my wife at Target <laughs> as usual, right? And, you know, you go in with a list of, <laughs> you, you go in, uh, you know, looking to get one thing and 45 minutes later, I'm like, where is she? So typically I, I go to the book section and I just kind of, you know, pick up a book and I start read to, you know, so is it any good? Let's see. While I uh, am waiting for, for my significant other to, you know, fill up the cart uh, with, with, <laughs> with dollar bin stuff, uh, which is a great, which is a great tactic. Cause if I find a great book, uh, I mean, it's an easy sell. I'm like, I'll let you, yeah, I'm, I'm no problem with all this dollar bin stuff. I've got a book. It's a fair trade. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I, 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 you know, picked up the, the book Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And it was really just riveting as to how deep of a person he is. And it goes through all the challenges he faced in life, uh, how he has viewed the world uh, and has viewed life at you know, introspectively and, you know, based on what's happening around him. And so while, you know, it's not going to teach you how to start a business, it's going to, I think, give you that mentality to say, okay, you know, here's, you know, a way to live life that kind of removes those, those man-made or self-inflicted barriers that prevents you from taking that next step and, and doing something bigger and better. Uh, so there's that one. Um, uh, then, then another one I'm reading right now is uh, Barack Obama's uh, new book, uh, Promise, Promise Land, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and again, another great target purchase. Um, but <laughs> but it, uh, it really shows you again that mentality, right? Because there's a lot of similarities when you're trying to do something challenging or do something that is off the beaten path. Right. So whether it's uh, you're going to become a successful politician and, you know, someday future president or successful actor uh, or successful business owner, um, you, you, you quickly realize these individual individuals share a lot of same characteristics with you, as well as challenges that you might be facing. And it there's just for me personally, something beneficial about seeing it from other people's eyes that basically tell me, you know, it's not that I'm doing something wrong this is a part of the challenge that no matter if you want to do something great, you have to overcome. Uh, and, right. and so um, those are two non-business books that I would recommend. Um, a good business book. Let me think of. Uh, hmm. We've talked about, we've talked about um, the e-myth on this podcast and we've talked about um the lean startup, of course, um, and I know I've thrown out a few others, but Jah- well, well, Dan, while you're thinking, Jahida, what are you reading right now? Anything, you know, business related <laughs> or non-business related? I, um, full disclosure, my kitchen table right now looks like uh, a bit of an oversized Jenga situation. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> because I literally have two stacks of books in front of me, which I've purchased all with the intention to read both because of business and mindset, right? Like, I think that's super huge, uh, not only in your personal life, uh, but in business. So I have told myself that I am not allowing myself to buy another book until I read all of these in front of me, but <laughs> I may make a, some exceptions for what you're saying today. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Dan. Um, but I, I think I tend to like to focus on the mindset more because like, like you said, Dan, like we, sometimes we have our own barriers that we need to overcome. And then the business almost seems easier to some extent, right? Cause that's, that's more data driven and like, okay, let's see what other people are saying. Let's test this out. Um, but you can only test out like what's happening within your mind with yourself essentially. So, um, one of the good books that I have is Atomic Habits. And oh, yeah. so it's based, yeah. So it's uh, by James Clear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the little, I guess, subtitle is Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. So it's just about sometimes, you know, some things seem a bit overwhelming and so overwhelming that it just doesn't seem like you can actually tackle it. So if you go at it, little by little, you start to see kind of just the progress. And at the end, you, you realize like, oh, it wasn't that big. You know, it, it was just, again, it was all in my mind. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of one of the ones that I, I have at the top of my list that I would recommend. Okay. And that's, uh, what's the name of that again? Atomic Habits? Atomic Habits by James Clear. Okay. Yeah, and and I would definitely uh, if if someone has not read that, that's a I think a must read for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'll buy it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, like get get your highlighters ready, get like the little side tabs and things, like get all of that stuff ready because it's something that you're gonna want to keep referencing um, as you're going through your journey. Very cool. Well, staying on that, uh, I'll give my recommendation and then we'll go back to Dan. But my, um, I just started, uh, it's actually, it's an audio book. I got it in the audio book format, but, um, and I'd heard about this book on another podcast, which I won't promote because I can't, I'm not allowed to say the name on air. Um, but uh, I heard on another podcast, somebody else was reading it and it's called, You Are a Badass at Making Money. And <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, I, I really got into it kind of as a research project almost. I'm like, I've heard people read this. People talk about reading this. I want to know what it's about. And, you know, the, the first part of it, at least here is, and I'm only about a third of the way through, but she's really talking, and I, I believe it's Jen Sincero. Um, she wrote, uh, the first book she wrote was You Are a Badass. Um, this one is, you know, you're a badass at making money. And this first part is really just talking about the mindsets we all have uh, as we grow up. You know, we have this mindset of, you know, we need money, but we should never be in love with money and money is bad. And, you know, rich people, you know, people who have a lot of money, you know, we think that they're like this and, you know, and it's kind of changing your mindset and being like, you know, you're allowed to have money and be a good person, you know, like right. those kind of things. And, you know, you're allowed to, you're allowed to enjoy your life. You don't have to have, you know, you could have the life you want and enjoy it. You don't have to feel, feel guilty about those things. And it's, 
it's it's an interesting take. It's uh, one that is, uh, it's uh, I'm writing a lot of stuff down as I listen to it. But um, yeah, you're a badass at making money by Jin Sincero. I think that's S I N C E R O. So, uh, Dan, did you have any? You think of any business books or any money books or mindset books that uh, you would suggest to people outside of the uh, Matthew McConaughey and Barack Obama books? Yes. Yeah. So uh, this one is actually a bit of, uh, in my opinion, of both a a mix of mindset as well as uh, kind of business strategy. Uh, It's called The Third Door. Um, And it's basically uh, really stuck with me. It's a, a kid who's uh, an undergrad in pre-med and he's, you know, staring up at the ceiling one day and he realizes, you know, I just don't think I want to be a doctor anymore. Um, and he starts, you know, trying to figure out what he's going to do. And, and he ends up going down this rabbit hole of what do or what did successful people do, uh, to become successful. Right. So he goes on this journey to uh, basically interview people like Steven Spielberg, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett. And it's this whole entire journey uh, about how he got to do these things or how he tried to make, you know, these interviews happen uh, with some Did of the, you, you know, really write this book, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? I said, did you secretly write this book and we just don't know yet? Yes. Uh, in my, I, I actually, it's uh, it's one of those books that you're like, I actually wrote that book in my mind. Too bad I actually right. didn't uh, type it out. <laughs> uh, but so it's it's this, this really great concept uh, of, you know, kind of learning from, you know, those, those kind of again, self-made or man-made barriers that we and society kind of have created with our, ourselves. And he hears from and meets successful people and they really provide this, this knowledge about, uh, you know, how do you overcome the challenges that we all face, right? How did I overcome the challenge of going from, you know, uh, you know I, I have a product, but I needed to go to, you know, reach the, get in the right person's hands, right? How do you go about doing that? Um, and so for me, I think, again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a mix between that mindset and, uh, you know, business strategy, right? Cause I think there's, there's things in there that especially every startup founder could, could benefit from, you know, like, how do you, how do you write a cold email, uh, to, you know, let's say just a local restaurant owner, Versus, you know, forget about writing a cold email to someone like Bill Gates. Um, and so it takes you down this really cool journey. Um, and it was, it was definitely um, a book that I had had on my kind of reading list uh, for a while, but they didn't have it at Target. So uh, one day I just had to order it. Yeah. So uh, thank you uh, for having me be a part of Pathstone. Uh, I love everything you guys do. Uh, and so I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, but so my, uh, you know, my journey towards entrepreneurship, uh, I guess, you know, is quite a roller coaster of a journey. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm a med school dropout and everything, uh, you know, up to med school and before was, was based around medicine and science. Uh, so sales and, and all that fun stuff. Um, but you know, once I decided to leave, um, you know, I, I really was like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? 
And so I, you know, I applied to a bunch of jobs, uh, you know, everything from pharmaceutical sales uh, to, you know, scrubbing the bottom of a, a brewery tank barrel. Uh, and never, I mean, I never got a call back, never received, uh, you know, any feedback as to, you know, why I wasn't getting, you know, any feed, you know, uh, callbacks. And so I woke up one morning after, you know, a year and a half of just, you know, pounding my head against the wall, trying to, you know, apply for any job and every job I could find. And I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. Uh, and, and I'm going to invest in myself. So I basically woke up and said, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> and so I did. Um, and it was a business that my wife and I ran for three years. It was really just a test to see if, if I wanted to be an entrepreneur and if I could do it. Uh, and it was a subscription box that was geared towards teachers. And we basically, um, you know, ran that successfully for three years. Um, and after the three years, I decided, okay, you know what, that was the, exactly what I needed to do, test to make sure that this was something I could do and wanted to do. Uh, and then I started, you know, exploring what else was out there, what else I, I might be interested in and what other businesses I might want to start. Um, and basically all through that process of discovering the entrepreneurship and the startup ecosystem here in Western New York, uh, I started going to events. And I would, you know, hopefully, you know, I'd go on to, to meet up, I'd go on Eventbrite, uh, I'd go on Google and, and I would just see what I could find. And then I quickly started to notice that I was either hearing about an event 20 minutes before it was going to happen or four days after it happened. And I thought to myself, all right, you know, there's got to be a better way. So uh, that's where Venture Herd was, was, was born. It's, um, we basically said, we need a calendar of all the startup related events in Western New York. So people like me uh, don't, don't miss what's going on. And so that, you know, pushed me down this path uh, of, of growing Venture Herd. And the whole premise behind Venture Herd was always to make it something that, uh, you know, benefited Western New York as a whole. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I benefited personally because I was now finding out about every event uh, and I was able to attend the ones I wanted but it was also this idea that, you know, as people go to these events, they're going to meet new people. And hopefully as they meet these new people, uh, a couple of these, you know, groups of people will, will come together and create a startup and that startup will be successful. And from there, it's going to benefit, you know, the Western New York ecosystem as a whole, right? So they'll, they'll start growing, they'll, they'll hopefully start to scale. And once that happens, they'll start to hire uh, employees. And so, um, you know, with that thought in mind, we're, for 2021, we're looking to grow beyond uh, just being a calendar and allow us to, you know, fill in the gaps where people are struggling to make that leap from, okay, I have a business idea. I've met somebody. Uh, I want to start this business. You know, what's the next step? Uh, and so that's what we're really focusing for the year coming up. So with Venture Herd, how do that's you guys, um, you know, one, how can, how can people get, uh, get in touch with venture herd how can they find venture herd and also m more on the business side of things how have you guys monetized that that you know, that platform how do you guys do that yeah so uh people can find uh out more about venture herd uh on linkedin just search venture herd v-e-n-t-u-r-e uh and then herd h-e-r-d uh and you'll find us there uh, or you can email uh, email myself at ventureherd uh, at gmail.com. Uh, and I, I respond to all the emails personally. 
Um, but so one of the things uh, that we always get this question, right? Like, so how do we monetize this? Um, and, and so to start out, uh, this was really just a give to the Western New York startup community. So it was something that, you know, a, a lot of people in the community were providing things for free uh, with this idea that, you know, we're going to help provide resources and someone's going to take advantage of those resources and it's going to benefit everybody, not just, you know, me or, or that one person. And so for us uh, at VentureHerd, this is where we saw how we could provide something of value and share it with everybody. So, I mean, we basically started as a, a Google Calendar. So the costs have basically been zero. Um, and it's really just time of just sourcing the, the information of the events and putting it on a Google Calendar. Um, so for, you know, this past year, especially with the pandemic going on, we really haven't monetized it in any way. Uh, but f going forward, uh, we're looking at different ways that we could possibly turn this into either a non-for-profit or for-profit, uh, really not sure which direction we're going to go in. Uh, basically something that, you know, whether it's, uh, we provide services that startups could pay for, um, or maybe we help them, you know, uh, through some sort of crowdfunding platform. Uh, you know, there's different ways that we're, we're currently looking to grow this. And then with, as we grow, uh, turn it into some form of uh, revenue generation so we can continue this going and help more people in the long run. Wonderful. That's, I appreciate the service. I, <clears throat> for anybody who's connected with me on LinkedIn, you've probably seen, you know, whether I share it or I'm, I'm tagged in a post or uh, same with Jahida and Dion and Pathstone, we're always involved in those venture herd posts. So I appreciate you uh, giving us a shout out and just doing this for, uh, for Western New York uh, entrepreneurs and entrepreneur support organizations. So thank you for doing that, Dan. I, I, I know Jahida has a question. Mm -hmm. I want to let her in here because I know that uh, <laughs> I, I can monopolize the conversation. So I'm going to let Jahida in. <laughs> It's like double Dutch. I'm jumping around. I'm going to get my turn at some point. <laughs> um, well, a couple of questions. So I guess what kind of feedback have you gotten from uh, these entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, freelancers that are kind of involved, um, not necessarily with Venture Herd, but, you know, kind of just getting information based off of the calendar that you've, you've put together? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's a really good question because uh, that really gets to the root of, uh, I think, kind of where gaps exist in the Western New York ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, so, mm -hmm. so one of the things, and, you know, this was much more prevalent before the pandemic, uh, but, you know, the times and locations uh, of events were not always convenient for everybody, right? So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. let's say you're a single parent and, you know, there's an event at three or four o'clock in the afternoon downtown, but you live uh, in the North towns and you have to get your kids off the bus. Right. I mean, that's, you can't go to that event uh, and it makes right. it highly unlikely that you could go there. And so some of the feedback that we got was related. And again, this is pre pandemic, um, but it was about making things uh, the location and the time work for everybody to include as many people who saw themselves as either a startup founder or an entrepreneur looking to make a difference. Um, and so that was one area uh, that, that we thought was, you know, a great place to start. It was, you know, uh, something that 
increase the likelihood that we would have more people at an event. And from having more people at at an event, uh, you would hopefully increase the collisions that happen, leading to that ultimate goal of creating more businesses and and creating a a thriving Western New York economy. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was one area that we looked into. Um, And so that actually took us down this path of, of creating a smart calendar. Uh, and what we were going to do, and we partnered with a, a bunch of students uh, through a course at the University at Buffalo, and they started building out our website. And it was basically going to crowdsource information, right? So each person uh, could say, you know, I would love to go to this event, but the time's not, uh, you know, a great time for me, or I, you know, can't go to this event because I can't get to this location. Um, and so we started going down that path. Uh, and then in the meantime, we got connected to a startup, a new startup uh, based out of Rochester, which is in the process of, of launching their product. Um, and they're called Firefly. But basically what they do is exactly that concept. So it's a crowdsourcing uh, event platform that allows people to, you know, anybody to say, hey, I want a game of pickup basketball or, you know, I want to go play tennis. Who around me also wants to do that and connect people that way? Uh, so we're actually going to be partnering with them to solve that problem now of, you know, are we having the right events? Are they he- hosted at the right locations? Uh, and are they at the right time? So, you know, a majority of the people can can participate. Um, so that was, that was one area that we saw, or we got some feedback. Uh, an- another one is, I mean, as always, we'll, everybody will say it's, it comes down to finding that revenue, right? Whether it's, through a loan or uh, an investment um, to take your idea from concept to reality. Um, And that's really where I see the biggest challenge for a lot of people, uh, especially locally is, you know, how do you take that next step? And so, uh, you know, that's where, again, we're hoping to really focus our efforts uh, for 2021, which is, you know, how can we either help people take the steps they need to take, without having to raise the revenue to prove their concept and to gain traction, which then hopefully from there, it allows them get to, you know, to get to the right person and then raise that capital they need. Um, or, you know, helping people find that, that co-founder that they're looking for, right? So let's say you're not a technical co-founder and you're the idea person and you have a great idea, but you need a website built, right? Like maybe, maybe that's where you, you could really benefit from uh, a co-founder who also shares that view uh, on your idea and says, you know, what? yeah, we need to make this a reality. Um, and so for, I think those have really been the, the main um, areas where we've received the most feedback is, you know, revenue, gener- you know, uh, getting that initial capital to, to get something off the ground um, and making sure that, you know, everybody can find out and about what event is going on around them, when it's going on. Uh, and making sure that it's, you know, that the data says that it's the right location at the right time at the right place. Gotcha. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And so like, I guess, you know, there's, uh, you're obviously doing a lot. And there's, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, thought uh, put into it, and clearly, um, a lot of data. So I guess my my question would be more for maybe like, what would you suggest are some things to think about for people that are kind of considering stepping into this new 
this new realm, right? So maybe they have a day job and they're looking to kind of go out on their own, um, whether that's just a brick and mortar um, store or, you know, considering even being a serial entrepreneur, I guess one, can you kind of explain the difference between both? And then what are some some tips that they should should be thinking about uh, if they're planning on taking this journey? Well, Dan, is there anything that we didn't get to cover today that you'd like to share with our audience or anything you want to say in closing? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually in the process of uh, launching a new startup, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's called Ooh. The Food Court. Uh, yeah. so, so think Tinder, but instead of matching people to people, uh, we're going to match people to food. Uh, for those moments when, you know, you're hungry, but you don't know what you want to eat. Uh, so for, you know, anybody in the, the Buffalo, Western New York area, uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, and, and that should be up and running hopefully in the next uh, couple weeks. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, before I met my, my other half, I was really considering a, a long-term relationship with chicken wings and cake. So that's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Well, Buffalo, Buffalo is the perfect place for, uh, you know, an affair with chicken wings. Yes. <laughs> As a, uh, I'm a, a native of Indiana and I've been in Buffalo for a little over a year. And uh, that first year I, I gave, I gave myself permission to try as many chicken wing uh, restaurants as I wanted to. So uh, I'd say I'm a connoisseur at this point. <laughs> I mean, well, that's, that's. That's definitely one way to immerse yourself in the culture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate your time and your, your insight. This was wonderful. Uh, a lot of information here. And I think a lot of people are going to relate to this. It's going to resonate with people. And I think it's going to help uh, people feel a little more confident in their own journey, realizing that, you know, uh, 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 you're a human being, you know, and there's, right. um, maybe they have a little bit of that ADD and that OCD that they need to, to get started. So thank you very much for coming on and hanging out with us, Dan. Yeah, of course. Thanks for uh, having me on. Absolutely. Jahida, do you want to, you want to take us out? You want to pitch the forum and take us out of here? Um, sure. Well, folks, thank you as always for joining us, Dan, as well. This was great. It's always, it's always awesome to talk to you. I have like a page of notes here. Um, so I hope the listeners, uh, were taking notes as well. And again, like that's what this is about, right? Just kind of having these conversations so people can kind of direct, uh, their journey, uh, appropriately. Um, that being said, uh, this Friday guys, Friday forum, it's every two weeks this Friday at 11 AM, we will have Marie Rochelle, uh, and she's going to be focusing on value-based pricing, right? You, you don't always have to be the cheapest product or service in the market. Uh, you might be hurting yourself if you do so. Uh, so just join us uh, this Friday at 11 a.m. You can find it on Eventbrite, on all of our social media platforms, on our websites. You have our emails. You have our phone numbers. So we definitely <laughs> expect to see you there. Uh, and we're looking forward to it. Thank you again, guys. Uh, Till next time. There you have it, guys.
Season 2, Episode 3 of the Profit and Loss Podcast from Pathstone Enterprise Center. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week right here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Wash your hands, wear your masks, stay safe. Bye, guys.